Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Monday, September 28th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Coming up in just a second, Bill Meltzer will join us along with Flyers assistant GM Brent Flair as preparations are underway for the NHL entry draft coming up on the first week of October, all in advance of NHL free agency and what is a very unique offseason. Also a reminder that coming up in uh, subsequent episodes this week, we will have Flyers scouts, scouts from all over the globe joining us here on Flyers Daily and a peek behind the curtain, an area of uh, expertise which the fans rarely get to hear from directly from NHL scouts and amateur scouts. So that'll be a very interesting couple of episodes. But this is part one right now of Flyers Assistant General Manager Brent Flair. Here's the conversation Bill Meltzer and I had with the Flyers Assistant GM. Uh, very exciting time of year. Nobody loves the offseason as much as draft guys. And joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily along with Bill Meltzer is Flyers Assistant GM Brent Flair. Brent, how you doing? Good, yeah. Just, uh Getting over the uh, playoffs, but uh, we're back in back in the office. We got the draft coming up, so it's exciting is for our guys and getting our amateur guys reengaged. And uh, yeah, it's a good time of year. What's it like this year with everything that's happened in our world? It's been so crazy, and it does it does limit you know scouts' abilities to see guys. It limited your abilities to be able to bring guys in and combine and all of that stuff how much does that affect kind of how you guys move forward in your mindset with uh determinations on players when you know you didn't get to see a culmination of the chl season no memorial cup all those things how's that going to affect this whole process for you well it's certainly different it's uh it's odd um you know we have guys over the world and we we have good staff which is which is beneficial for us, but at the same time, you don't get to see the under 18 tournament at the end of the year, which is usually the culmination of, you know, you see all the top players against each other. Uh, you don't have the combine to see, you know, where they are physically, athletically and, and whatnot, which is a challenge, but so we have to do our, our best, um, our amateur guys have all talked to these players individually, whether by zoom or over the phone and talk to trainers, do all the background we can. And uh, soon they're being honest, but at the same time, uh, that's all we can do. And that's all the other teams can do as well. So it's a, it's a challenge for sure. At the same time, uh, you know, we're, we're confident we'll get it right. Brent, how much more emphasis was there on, on video scouting this year? I mean, one, one of the few advantages of all that time off is you can go back and, and watch a lot of video that, you know, when you guys are doing so much in-person scouting and the tournaments, maybe there isn't as much opportunity for a typical June draft. Yeah, I know for sure. We've, you know, I've, I've spent the last three or four days, you know, and beyond. I'm just last three or four days just being in here. It's just been all video, and but the last six months for all these guys have been watching a lot of video, and some of it's dangerous. I think a little bit just because you know, video is is what it is. But at the same time, um, you get to know some of these players better and uh, confirm some of the things you think, and then sometimes it makes you you know change your mind if you see different games. So. It, the good thing is we get lots of games. Uh, you see players over a pattern. You know, we use your analytics staff. We, we've got a lot of input. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of time to, to uh, dig deep in, on a lot of these players. At the same time, it's, it's a challenge. So, uh, Brent, uh, a big part of entering an offseason 
and free agency and the draft and everything else. A big part of that, it, knowing where to go, you have to know what you have. So let me ask you about three players before we kind of look at what's coming up. Um, and three players that a lot of people are very interested in. One is Jay O'Brien. Cam York is the other. And then and look at a guy, you know, in your system, you know, some of these young players that you have. And Bobby Brink's another one of those guys because after the playoffs, everybody wants everybody wants a sniper. They don't grow on trees, but Bobby Brink does have snipe ability and possibly at the NHL level. Where are you at with those three players in their development? Well, I guess if there, there's a benefit from a pandemic like this, um, you know, those three guys – uh, might have benefited the most uh, just for the time they've had to, to be in the gym uh, strength. I know Cam York has made huge strides physically, uh, which is great. Uh, Bobby Brink was, uh, was talking to his agent yesterday and um, Nick Pryor was talking to the Denver coaches and he's taking huge strides and um, you know, all these guys have, you know, they haven't had ice time all the time. And some, sometimes it's, that's what they need is to, to be in the gym and, and uh, not all you don't always have that time to do that. So uh, we're hoping, and uh, they'll benefit from the time off and uh, from the time in the gym and, and the nutrition and, and things like that to get stronger. And that's what a number of these guys really needed. I know when you look at, at a draft class in terms of the depth, you know, you you look at those kind of drop off points to where you know maybe picking 15th versus 25th there's really not much difference where do you where do you see the the couple of drop off points on the higher end of this draft at, at what point does it kind of become like every draft where you're looking for guys who have you know specialized skills uh well this year obviously number 1 is number 1 uh, i think everybody knows that and then after that i think it's uh you know there's a couple guys in the next range and then i think probably to 11 uh 11 or 12 this year uh, i think it's you know, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be, there's a lot of good, really good players, different positions, different style. With if you look for a goal scorer, defenseman, centerman, skill player, goalie, whatever. There's, there's a number of uh, top end players there. Uh, there's a drop off a little bit, but they, there's a, and then there's a grouping from there probably to 25 or so that it could go in a lot of different directions, and uh, which will be really interesting. So we're picking 23, and I think we'll get. We'll get a player that's higher up on our list, is my guess, uh, the way it usually works. But uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how things fall. Hey, Brent, me and Bill talked about this in the episode the other day. Um, is it a first-round draft pick or even, you know, a first three-round draft pick with a flat cap this year and going forward for a couple of years, is that pick even more valuable on the open market right now? I would say so. Yeah, I know it's, uh, you know, see what the cap's going to be like it's it's not going up so the it's vital that you get uh, young players entering the game on entry-level contracts so whether these guys you know are ready in, in the next three years or not is you know debatable but at the same time you know you need young players in your system um, you need these young players on entry-level contracts coming in to, to fill out your roster and it's just reality unfortunately um in recent years, the Flyers have drafted heavily uh, among American players. And last year, just in general, the, you know, the national team program set, set a record for players drafted in a single year from one program. Uh, I'm curious as to how you're seeing the, the depth, how much, how much of a downward bounce is there from this year, because it, it's impossible to duplicate what happened last year. And also the other U.S.-based leagues, USHL and, and collegiate ranks and so forth. Yeah, well, last year was a pretty special year for the U.S. program uh, as far as the the team in general and the depth of talent they had and, 
and obviously the number of picks that went in the first and second round. Uh, this year they have, you know, they, there's a number of players that are going to go pretty high as well, but it's not the same. Um, it, it's cyclical. I think, you know, last year was probably maybe a down year as far as the CHL. This year it's probably stronger. Um, Sweden, that. But it, it is what it is. But, no, there, there's a number of good players in the, obviously, U.S. program, and not only this year, but coming. Uh, US, USHL, uh, you may not see the number of high picks, but there are a number of players, um, you know, the Brissons and Colangelos that are going to go high in the draft, and um, and we have it well covered. But, you know, it, all these things are cyclical. I think people get caught up and you know, Canadian hockey is really falling off or, you know, Finnish hockey is going great, which is true. Finland does a great job for the number of people there. But, you know, these things all change and uh, just depends on the year. So. Um, but, you know, USA hockey is in good shape going forward. More and more players are playing from all over the country. And that's, that's more interesting thing. Some of these players, you know, you see Seth Jones, who's a Dallas kid, and some of these players coming from non-traditional markets. Uh, I, I, that's the exciting thing, I think, for us. Hey, Brent, um, you know, sports, a lot of times you see teams that have success and imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. And, and what I see around the league right now is so many – I don't want to say undersized, but smaller-ish defensemen, but are incredibly dynamic players. We saw Kale McCarr win the Calder, Quinn Hughes with with a tremendous year. You got a great young defenseman in Ivan Provorov, um, and, and you see these young dynamic defenders entering the league, you know, quicker than ever as well. Usually, defense takes a little bit longer uh, than traditional, you know, a winger or a center, but you see these guys and sometimes that'll cause teams to kind of go, okay, we need to find that guy in the draft. Is that an area that a, you see a lot of options there because so many of the great players are playing defense right now and can be offensive from a defensive position. And B, is that a strength in this draft? Uh, but for sure. I think you see, you know, the dynamic young defensemen, uh, whether it's Peskinen or McCarr or, you know, Hughes and, and all these players. And, and that's, you know, you see a Cam York, that's kind of what we saw as well, is just the ability, you know, people always say offense, but the ability to go and retrieve pucks and get it out of your own end is is an art, and people don't pay enough attention to it. Um, but it's really everything in our game. If, if you get stuck in your own end, you can't get out of, you know, you can't beat a forward check, you can't uh, find the open man. It, it's a challenge to get out of the, your own end, and it, uh, and that's what these guys do exceptionally well beyond the offense. So uh, the offense is obviously great coming from the back end, and I think we have some guys that can do that. And, um, but these young guys that are coming up are not only athletic and dynamic, but uh, just really gifted hockey players. Um, and I think I do think, you know, you also see in the playoffs, uh, size does matter on the back end. Um, you know, you want those dynamic guys at the same time. You need the big heavy guys to protect the front of the net and, make it hard on opposing players and uh, keep guys out of the middle of the rink. And that's just the reality, especially in playoff time. Brent, when you're ass assessing players for the draft, I know there's differing philosophies on this. Do you weigh it all if someone is a, is a late birth year player, you know, like Nolan Patrick was a late birth year player or, or Jack Quinn being, being an example from this year, does that factor at all for you? Uh, a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's not their fault though. You can't penalize them at the same time. You have to, <laughs> realize that they're a little older. Uh, they played maybe potentially an extra year in, in junior. So uh, they should be more dynamic or, or more productive at that age. But 
at the same time, you, you know, you can't penalize these guys. It's not their fault. They're just where they were born. Uh, but yeah, it's something that you do take into account and, um, you know, you basically double check and some, you know, some scouts are biased about that and you have to basically correct them and, you know, make sure they're keeping an open mind. It's so interesting. I saw a study on that and it's not just the NHL in first round picks. And I think it was the NHL, uh, the NFL, major league baseball and, and the N and I guess it was the NBA. Um, they found that like 70% of the first round picks were born in the first four months of the year. It goes all yeah. the way back to like when they were a kid, they were older earlier. They got more playing time. Therefore, they moved up levels. They got more coaching. It's crazy the effect that that can have actually on players. But, uh, um, Brent, when you look at uh, this draft and you, you look at 23, as you mentioned, and you're going to get a player there that you, that you really hope, what's it like for you guys? I mean, dr building a draft board in a normal draft year and you're drafting kind of in the middle of the pack or, in this case, in the bottom third at 23, um, there's so many variables. Uh, do you expect more variables going into this draft? And and the other part of that is, do you expect a lot of deals to be happening on the floor so to be a really active floor, albeit virtual? You know what? Uh, it'll be unique. I don't know if there'll be a lot of activity. Like a lot of deals are done on the floor, like the deal we did last year to uh, move back in the draft and move up in the second round. You know, a lot of those deals are done on the floor just by walking around uh, certainly on day two, you're, you know, we do we we wanted to try to move up and um, to get try to get Brink. So we, you know, walked around before the draft and talked to a number of teams and uh, and we found we found a team that you know the deal was there if if our player was there. So um, I don't know if you're going to have that this year as much. Like you're you're going to be on the calls and stuff, but you don't have that uh, face to face time and you know the, the flexibility to walk around and talk to everybody which will be interesting. And plus there's probably some time constraints, you know, you're it's going to be a little different. So, um, but no, it's, I think, you know, we'll do our homework. We'll talk to all the teams, whether teams are looking to move up or back or especially in the early rounds and, and go from there. Part two with Bill Melter and Flyers assistant general manager, Brent Flair will come up in Wednesday's episode of Flyers daily, but thanks to uh, Brent for joining us on this episode and Bill as well. Flyers daily presented by Penn medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo center supporting our flyers. Penn orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible. So you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. We'll talk to you on Wednesday's episode of Flyers Daily, part two with Flyers Assistant General Manager Brent Flair coming up on that episode as well. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Someone told